Welcome to Therapeutic Perspective. My name is Sarah Dynan, and I will be your host. Each episode, our goal is to educate clinicians on current issues presented in society and feature specialists that can help us to navigate these issues. As a licensed professional counselor in private practice in Northeast Pennsylvania, with over a decade in the field, I am always wanting to learn more to better serve my clients. Especially as things in society evolve and change, I believe we need better access to current information. Therapeutic Perspective is a continuing education provider, so stay tuned to the end of the show to hear how you can obtain NBCC continuing education credit hours for listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoy. They're back, or actually, maybe you're back. Whether you have clients with children who have moved back home or your clients themselves are moving back home in with their parents, the implications of having more than two adults living together can get complicated and a bit stressful. In a recent U.S. study, young adults who boomerang back home, that is, move back in with their parents after living independently, experienced an increase in depression symptoms. The reason why someone would move back home into their parents can range from financial to losing a job or a decline in income or personal relationship breakdowns. More recently, we have been seeing factors related to the pandemic leading to more adults moving back home. Over 15.9 million people have moved back home during the pandemic, according to the USPS data, the United States Postal Service, because people are forwarding their addresses. So with that being said, many who have found themselves, like maybe they found themselves working in a remotely, uh, in, a, in a socially distant society and saw that moving back to their parents' homes was a way to have some social connections while also being able to care for their parents in the event that they would get sick or that they themselves would get sick. They would have somebody to care for them. Some who were in the city may have wished to seek out a less densely populated environment to mitigate the risk of contracting the virus, thus leaving individuals to move back in with their family. There's also been a big shift in the number of college students moving home after being on campus. All of this is a major adjustment for both parents and the individual. As therapists, we are likely seeing both sides in our office and both may be struggling with the transition. Parents who maybe just settled into being empty nesters find themselves with a bit more of a noisy nest. Individuals who are accustomed to their freedoms and going out and coming and going as they please, playing their music as loud as they want, now find themselves having to be accountable and mindful of others. Both adjustments can cause emotional distress. And to help us explore this, we have two guests on our show today. We have Nicole Cantor and Jill Harl. Nicole is a master's level mental health counselor currently working towards licensure. She received her undergraduate degree in psychology and graduate degree in counseling with a concentration in child and family therapy from Arcadia University. She has an additional certification as a grief counseling specialist. She is currently practicing at Jill Harrell Counseling and Associates, where she provides individual, family, and couples counseling. So we also have Jill Harrell here. She's a 2006 graduate of Arcadia University, and obviously she is Miss Nicole Cantor's boss and um, her supervisor. So we have Jill here because she comes with us with a little bit more experience to kind of help with this podcast. And Nicole is able to give us some like firsthand experience on what it was like moving back home with her parents 
So we're going to start the show there. And welcome to the show, ladies. Hi, thank you. I'm so excited. Yes, thank you, Sarah. This is so fun. Yes. And like I was mentioning to you guys earlier, um, I had a couple appointments this morning and my last appointment, this issue was brought up. I have a client who was living in the city, moved back home because of the pandemic, wanted to be safe, wanted to just kind of be in the comfort of her parents' home during all this. And there's some issues kind of going on. So let's kind of dive into this and explore this from looking at the perspective from the individual who's moving back home. An individual who was on their own for an extended period of time, living independently, and then suddenly they find themselves back at home, whether it be because of school or whatever factors that they might be. What are some of the first points of conflict that you as a therapist and as Nicole, as somebody that went through this, what were some of the first things that kind of came up as a point of conflict? Yeah, so I do have a few college students that I see right now who are experiencing this. So there's definitely been a recurring theme. So the first conflict that comes to mind for me is the shift in autonomy. When, you know, the adult child is away at school, they have so much more control over what they do and when they do it. If they want to stay out with their friends until 1am, they can. If they want to go to, to the diner and get, you know, a milkshake at midnight they can do that that's what I was doing but (laughs) but now that they're back at home they have to coordinate with other people and are expected to communicate what they're doing Um, they're expected to have that line of communication with their parents again so it could also be a bit exhausting having to live with people 24 7 again and and having to keep up with everyone so things may feel restricting for them Um, with that change. And a second thing that comes up is now that they're moving back into the role that they played in their family, and this may be a role that they wanted to branch away from or wanted to grow from, um, and maybe they did grow out of it a bit, um, the family role that they played. And therefore, coming back home, there might be that clash with the family uh, when it comes to everyone assuming their family roles again. I see what you're saying. So maybe they had previous roles. Can you give us an example that maybe that you've heard from clients or from personal experience, maybe your previous role that was expected of you prior to leaving and, but now is expected of you as you return? Yeah. So a big one that comes to mind is parentified children. Um, So maybe children that took over some caregiver roles or caretaker roles in the family. Uh, maybe they were able to get away from that when they went on their own to school, but now that they're coming back into the house, um, there might be that pressure to pick things up and have to caretake for the people living in the house again and their family. I see. Okay. Okay. So sometimes it's stepping right back into that caretaker role that they had been away from for a while, and it might be expected that they have to resume that. Yeah. Jill, for you, what kind of things have you seen as like points of conflict for young adults like moving back home? Uh, One of the biggest things I think are the unspoken expectations. Okay. So uh, one very large piece is, is, you know, chores, getting a job, financially, are you paying rent? I think it's really difficult for a child to be able to come back home without a good conversation with their parents. 
I'm seeing a lot of conflicts arise from that. A lot of kids maybe kind of feel like it's a break coming home. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to take a break before I go into the working world. So I'm seeing a lot of parents now that have a lot of concerns about video games, about mm -hmm. <laughs> when to hang out with friends, if they're allowed to say we have a curfew. So I think it's um, the unspoken, again, expectations that causes the most conflicts for, for young adults. Yeah, yeah. So for the the young adult moving back home, they might see this, okay, I'm just, this is a transition stage. I'm just going to chill out for a little bit, take my time looking for a job. And if they don't talk about it with their parents or caregivers who they're moving back into, that could be a huge source of conflict because the parents might be thinking that they are going to be online every day, interviewing and getting out there and getting a job when that just might not be the goal of the individual. So as I mentioned at the top of the show, that 2018 study showed that individuals who boomerang back home experienced an increase in depression. Can you talk to us a little bit further about the factors that would cause this increase in emotion or what, what you think is triggering this within individuals? Well, kind of going off of what we mentioned about growing more as a person and then having to come back to the family and household that probably hasn't changed that much since they left. So they're going out and experiencing new groups of people outside of their neighborhood, outside of their community, and they're gathering more information, new information, new beliefs, new thoughts and feelings, and then bringing all that back with them and maybe feeling confused with how to navigate that and maybe even feeling like the odd man out if now they are expressing different beliefs than their family. I think you bring up a really good point, Nicole, I feel like, especially in this like political climate, right? So they might be, you know, through the election or, or whatever, they might have been on campus and had like political beliefs that were supported there. And they had this cohort of people that were supportive of them. And then you go back home and your family's political views might not be on target with them. So that can cause like some emotional conflict inside and that might be a struggle. And especially in this more emotionally charged political environment, I could see that coming up a lot. Do either of you have any cases that you've had where this has come up? Yeah, so I have quite a few college students that I'm working with right now. And because of everything going on with the election and just 2020 in general, a lot of them are reporting feelings of almost being ostracized from the rest of their family because their viewpoints are so different. Yeah, and so that can really cause them to feel really alone, right? And kind of sad about not having that, that support. Let's now kind of flip it to the perspective of the parent whose child is returning home. Likely the parent or parents have settled into this routine. Like I said, maybe they're empty nesters now, and they've gotten accustomed to some of the extra space, quietness, maybe they redecorated a little bit, changed things up, and suddenly their adult child is back. As a therapist, what might you anticipate hearing from the parents on this issue? So I feel like we would hear similar things, but maybe from the opposite perspective. So not only is the adult child struggling to find their new roles in the family, but the parent is also struggling to figure out their new role as the parent, like how do they go about updating that autonomy for their adult child while still getting their needs met. And when their adult child is away, it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind. But now that they're back, they need that reassurance and communication so that they don't have to worry about where they are or when they're supposed to be home. 
And I know my mom always said, just let me know if you are coming home because I need to know if your car is supposed to be in the driveway or not, because if it's not, then that means I have reason to worry of, you know, you're not making it home in time or not making it home at all. Yeah. Whereas school, like, or like when you were away at school or when an individual is living outside of the home, there isn't necessarily, maybe they have a roommate that might be checking in on them, but not looking at it as like filled with as much emotional worry as maybe a parent would. So it, that sounds like it's been like a, just kind of a rule or an expectation that was discussed prior to say like, okay, this is, this is just the expectation. You just tell me when, did you say you, you have to tell her when you are going to come home? Is that it? Yeah. yeah. So that she knows not to worry if she doesn't see the car in the driveway, that kind of thing. Yeah. What kind of emotions are you guys seeing parents come to you with on this issue? So I wanted to piggyback off of what Nicole said also with this, because I think it's really important to really emphasize the unspoken expectations and the unspoken boundaries and the overstepping of boundaries. So I see, uh, just to give a parent's perspective also, you have a parent who is welcoming their adult child back into the home and is scared to talk to their child about curfew, whether or not they're gonna be eating inside the house or outside the house, uh, whether they are gonna pursue a job or what that timeline looks like. And then you also have that child, and I'm definitely taking the spot of the child here when I say, especially during COVID, what the heck am I gonna do now? No one's hiring. I'm looking at my parents, breathing down my neck every single day, wondering if I'm going to have a job, wondering what's going to happen. I have to wonder if I should go for my master's degree or a PhD, or do I have to work at the local CVS because, you know, essential workers. And these two dynamics between the parent and the child usually don't come with a communication. Mm-hmm. It's usually guessing. So I know when I walk into a situation with my parents where I'm like, are they judging me? Are Are they wondering if I'm lazy or if I have any drive? I know immediately that kind of creates the fog in the air of I'm not good enough. I'm not doing enough. I'm, they're disappointed in me. Mm -hmm. And I think we all know being, I mean, we all know because we're all counselors. Yeah. Yeah. High achieving, like people pleasing. Yeah. And we go into these situations where like, are my parents proud of me? And what if they're not? And that anxiety and depression just sits there and it's, it weighs on you. And the same with the parents. Who can speak to that? How many parents are are going into situations like this? Like, I hope my kid isn't feeling pressured by me, or I Mm -hmm. hope my kid doesn't think I'm overstepping boundaries, or I want my kids to know that I'm proud of them. And I also want them to have more drive. It's such a difficult line for both parents and children in this scenario because of that autonomy and the lack of communication. Yes, absolutely. And I like how you kind of bring up the point that they're both kind of experiencing similar emotions, right? So you have the child that like wants a job and they want the same things that their parents want for them. And then you have the parents wanting this bad for their child and maybe sometimes trying to toe the line, don't want to push too much. Like they're also experiencing anxiety too with how to manage the situation just as much as the individual is experiencing anxiety of like how to get out of the situation. So they kind of both can come together with that same level of kind of anxiety associated with that, that fear, that, that unknown associated with, with them moving back home. Right. And I mean, are the parents supposed to move their exercise room? 
I mean, mm-hmm. it's a new- exactly. <laughs> <Just okay>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So now that we have a basic understanding of what the problem looks like, let's take a look at interventions and treatment options. What do you guys think? How do we handle this when we have either the child who moved back home into our office or the parent who has a child moving back home? Well, of course, I would say start with validation. Um, it, it might be, you know, it is unfamiliar territory and it is okay to be confused. So I would say starting with identifying this as it's a lot of first times and a lot of uncomfortability. So validating that for both, you know, the adult child and the parent. I would suggest communicating boundaries that adapt in both directions and meet everyone's needs. And of course, offering family sessions to do that. Like if you are seeing an adult child, give them that opportunity to have a session with their parent or both parents, whatever they feel like they need. And if you wanted to work on family therapy, I would recommend using family systems therapy from Bowen since it combines working with everyone individually as well as as a family. And I would say, lastly, if it's not something you as a therapist have experience with, then ask the experts, ask your parents, ask the parents and adult children in your life and try to get their narrative and their perspective. Yeah, so kind of making sure that you you check in with them to get their perspective on what's going on, like asking the experts. So sometimes we, we forget just to kind of ask the right questions. Do you have anything to add, Jill, on like how we can approach the situation? It's interesting because Nicole and I had a really good conversation last week when we were discussing this podcast. Um, and we talked about like a cross perspective in counseling. And I guess naturally you think that a, a, a adult child who's coming home from school might want a younger counselor and vice versa. Parents might want to speak to parents in the counseling session. However, we were talking about maybe utilizing the professional value here, which is maybe Nicole as a younger therapist talking to parents to give a perspective of a child coming back as an adult and allowing those parents to understand the professional's perspective of it and vice versa for for somebody who's a little bit more experienced like me and older who could be a parent of this child saying hey are you open to listening to maybe what your parents are experiencing so we actually looked at it not just with a family systems approach but even like how do we get that validation for that client outside of of their own system so that they feel like they can have an understanding and then therefore be able to communicate with each other outside of session Yeah. So I I like how you're kind of pointing out like that, just that validation is a huge part of it. Like whether it be as the clinician from your personal experience, like we're saying with Nicole or, you know, from your perspective, like, okay, as a parent, this is my, how I would feel if I had somebody who was an adult, like moving back and moving into my home or somebody coming, a family member coming back into my home. So kind of looking to those outside people for, for validation outside of that family unit. So when it comes to having these difficult conversations, whether it's in session, like a family setting, or you're working with the parents on um, setting some, some boundaries and maybe some rules for at home, what are some of the ones that you think are important for the parent and the child to discuss before they um, kind of reunite? Yeah, so I would say, like we touched on um, the communication regarding 
curfew and just, you know, making sure that the parent is updating the autonomy for the adult child. For example, like the curfew is getting later, but they're communicating what they need and that they need that communication of whether they're going to be home or not. Or let's say they might need to know whether they're going to be home for dinner or not, if they have to accommodate them with dinner. And I'm also thinking if the parent is excited to have their child come back into the home and excited to bond with them and hang out with them and have that quality time again, maybe having that be communicated as well and how they can go about incorporating each other into their lives and maybe scheduling out or blocking out time for each other during the week that fits both schedules. Yeah, absolutely. It's absolutely important to kind of have that discussion, like, what are the expectations for, like, our relationship? You know, the parent might be really excited thinking they're going to have all this time together, like, but is that communicated to their child? So I I think a really important one to really focus on uh, is control. So a lot of parents, when they provide boundaries, it looks like they're trying to control. So they're, they're providing those, those pieces out of fear or, they just don't know their role. They want to uh, give a little piece of advice here and there. And a lot of kids or adult children, I should say, actually react to that as if their parents are not letting go and cutting the cord. So um, I think it's really important, just not just with the communication, like Nicole was stating, but also to kind of say to your parents or say to your children, this is how this came off. Are you trying to control me? Are you trying to overstep your boundaries? You do understand that I've done this before. I mean, actually saying those things instead of just reacting to the control locus. And a lot of parents feel like they have to hold that first aid kit or that toolbox. A lot of times, I mean, to use that metaphor of like the children are like the birds leaving the nest. You either trust them to fly or you don't. And you're allowed to give advice. You're allowed to hold their hand. But I think there was a beautiful thing that I read and it was is like uh, having a child is like giving them a blank canvas. You're not supposed to actually paint their masterpiece. You're supposed to be there while they paint the masterpiece. And I think that nobody learns how to paint a masterpiece without really good role models in your life. So it's not that you're taking it away from them and trying to do that for them. You're actually providing them with, uh, I think the term is scaffolding for, for that success. And it's really important to make sure that as a parent, you're not trying to control. And as a child, you're identifying to your parents when you feel that you're being controlled. And I think some of these conversations, you know, maybe they had some of these conversations before they left the nest, like when they were teenagers, 16, 17, 18. And I think sometimes parents might kind of freeze them in that level of maturity in where they're at in their decision making. So it's important for these parents to kind of recognize that their mindset that they were working with before with that child when they were 16, 17, 18, isn't the same mind that they're dealing with now because of experiences and the maturation of the brain. It's just a very different mindset. So it's important to revisit those conversations again as they might have their their 20-something-year-old child with them. Anything more to add or anything that came to mind as we were talking? Um, Just to go off of um, what Jill was saying and kind of tie it back to what we were mentioning about parents having to find their new roles and maybe even bringing out that fear of failing in their new parent roles or failing in their parent roles in general. I feel like we should really focus on helping them identify their emotions and identifying 
you know, even the adult child as well, helping everyone identify their true emotions and their true needs and where everything is, is coming from, the core of where everything is coming from so that they can better address those needs. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And one of the things that we, obviously we touched on how problematic the situation can be with adult children moving back home, but in many cases, it's not always problematic. A 2011 survey of 25 to 34 year olds who lived at home, it found that about half of them said that doing so had no effect on their relationship with their parents. The other half was split pretty evenly between those who said their relationships had gotten better and then those who had said it gotten worse. So there's only like a small percentage that would say like our relationship really faltered because of this situation, but some were pretty, the majority were either neutral or it was actually positive. What could individuals gain, parents, children gain from this experience if it were to be successful? I would be very interested to see what the results of that theory would be for 2020. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I think that's also important to note that an adult child moving back home has its confusion and requires processing in general. But now we add the pandemic on top of it. And that's just another layer of complexity. But I definitely think there are things to be gained with the situation. Um, like you mentioned in the beginning, this is a time where everyone is leaning on each other in different ways and coming from a caring place, which could bring a family closer. I also feel like this situation is promoting a lot of self-awareness and growth on both sides. And if everyone is working on their communication and boundaries, then I feel this could be a great opportunity to get to know each other in new ways. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, too, you bring up a good point. Yes, that survey was taken in, in 2011. So we'll be curious to see if they, they do the survey again to see what the results are. And hopefully, hopefully they're similar to say that it was a good experience. It was a positive experience. They made some good memories, you know, but um, only time will tell. Jill, do you have anything to add? Uh, a huge part for me with my parents, any time that maybe it could be a comparison point is uh, I think the one thing that you have to learn how to gain in these situations is compassion for each other. And that goes for a lifelong bond at that point. Uh, so as an example, a, a lot of parents will compare their lives at that time to the life of their child, but we can be very honest. I mean, I know I can't get an apartment now for what I got when I was fresh out of college. I know that my parents probably bought a house at like what, like $50,000 where now we're in the hundreds. I mean, we have to have compassion for the newness of everybody's experience. And I think in being able to have that compassion and that awareness and that knowledge, you can learn from your children what their experience is and the children can learn what yours was and you can bond over that. You can actually tell really fun stories about the past while also having compassion and consideration for a lot of the conflict that your child might be going through and coming back from school. So I really do think that although it could be a little rough, this could really turn into a, a beautiful way of getting to know your child differently than the way they grew up. And that's beautiful. I think so too. And I like even like giving clients like that framework to say, hey, why don't you hear your child out? You can share your experiences. 
and even if it's the child, like hear your parents out, hear what it was like for them, at least, you know, giving that care and that compassion and to learn about them, but not necessarily expecting the same experience that you had because it's very different circumstances right now, like you pointed out. I do think that probably a lot of adult children are going because of circumstances, job employment, some of these adult children might find themselves being at home longer than their parents were home with their parents and that previous generation. So, you know, so you can't even compare the circumstances because they're completely different circumstances, but having that, that open ear, that compassion to hear what it, what it was like then, but without expecting it to be the same. Good. Well, Thank you guys both so much for coming on to the show today. I think it's really helpful for our listeners because I know this is something huge that's coming up in sessions and something that we might need a little bit support on navigating for our clients. Is there any final thoughts that you guys want to add to the show that you feel like we didn't cover? I have one. What do you got? I want to like drive home the point that Nicole stated earlier. Mm -hmm. As therapists, we are trained to be professionals but there's an expert that we all have and that's our parents. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to talk to them about their experiences. If it helps you clinically, it's an amazing resource that we all can have. Yes. Yes. So as much as you can look in the books, you can look to other clinical experts. Let's not forget about our parents and to, to learn from them as well. Any final thoughts, Nicole? I was just going to say, I did ask my mom, what positive she felt came from the situation and what we were talking about getting to know each other more. She basically said she feels like she knows me really well because she got to see me and like be with me through my adulthood. So because of that, she feels even more confident in who I will be as an adult because she got to see that. I love that. And I think that's a beautiful gift to kind of give your parents, you know, as much as we can see it as like an inconvenience you know, like we talked about at the beginning of the show, it could also be a beautiful gift. And you probably, it's helpful to get to know your parents as not necessarily a parent, but like as a person, as a friend. Mm-hmm. All right, good. Well, thank you both so much for coming on our show today. For more information, log on to www.therapeuticperspective.com. You can also follow us on Facebook. If you have any ideas or shows that you want to hear us cover, or if you yourself want to be on the show, feel free to email us at therapeuticperspectivepodcast.com. And we'll see you guys next time for episode 10. If you listen to our podcast and you would like to obtain continuing education credit hours, Please check out our website at therapeuticperspective.com to see if your state is eligible to receive NBCC continuing education credit hours. If your state does, you will need to go to therapeuticperspective.com and click on the show that you just listened to. From there, you will see three links to three online documents to complete. These include an attestation, quiz, and evaluation. Once we receive these documents and the continuing education credit hour fee set through our PayPal link on our website, we will send you your certificate of completion via email. If you need any help or support in the process, please email us at therapeuticperspectivepodcast at gmail.com.